0: Hi, everybody. This is Jeffrey Short for Market Scale. Esports has made a quantum leap in the last couple of years, and it seems like there is no slowing it down. We wanted to forecast the future of esports, where the money is, and what will propel it into the oncoming years. So we're here to speak with Gary Brewbaker. He's the director of the SMU Guild Hall. Gary, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, you have a long career in. Video games, whether it's programming and now running SMU Guildhall. Um, and so you seem like an appropriate expert to talk about the esports side of things, which I think a lot of people have just sort of turned their attention to in the last year or so. You look at the rise of something like Fortnite or Apex Legends, where uh, something that really caught my eye over the summer was that a $30 million prize was awarded to the winner of the Fortnite World Cup in New York. So can you sort of tell me when esports really turned to the corner and when it really started becoming a massive revenue generator?
1: Well, I think you have to look outside the United States to answer that question. Um, probably the genesis of esports as a significant revenue was really in Korea with StarCraft um, back in the 90s. Um, and it was an amazing thing to us, I remember as developers uh, downloading on the internet which was somewhat nascent then these Korean TV shows with uh, big, big cash prizes and we couldn't understand a word of Korean but it was clear that there was a lot of passion around playing that game as it came to the United States it was more and this is the interesting to me as we talk historically is you saw companies seeing esports as more of a marketing play and so it was a way to promote their product not as a individual thing unto unto itself Uh, and then when you come into the modern era when you look at a fortnite or an overwatch you have games that were designed from the ground up to be for the esports market and to take advantage of it
0: yeah, and can you kind of walk us through the landscape right now and maybe if if someone was investing, where would they see the biggest return? Is it on the maker of the game? Is it on the teams or the players? Is it on the streaming services? What is sort of driving this this growth?
1: Well, so there is obviously a lot of revenue be, to be had, and each of those groups that you mentioned are a bit in an arm wrestling of who's gonna own the majority of that revenue and so it is not clear who is going to win Uh, if you think about who owns baseball well sure there's a commissioner and an official rule book but there's nobody stopping you from just having a pickup game on the corner whereas in esports you have corporations developers who own the game they define the rules they define almost everything Activision Blizzard of course wanting to have a more robust franchise system uh agreed and it's not public but made some deals to have team owners it said we'll split some revenue with you in a way to get you to invest in teams how much that was hard to say who came out better we'll find out um and the other side of then of course is the streamers there's a fairly low barrier to entry in one way, you know, that anybody can set up a computer and uh, stream their stream their games or their content. But it's also a place that we quickly see like other industries being driven by brands. And so, whether it's a brand name of a particular streamer, someone like Ninja, who carries some cachet, or whether it's uh, a location like Twitch, these all whether it's uh, the streamer, or the streaming service, or the publisher, or the franchise, or the player, they all have a vested interest in our negotiating their piece of the pie. And I don't think it's clear, and I don't think traditional sports gives us a good models um, of who's going to be the winners. You know, In my baseball example, of course, the owners of teams are the big winners and the players whether that translates into esports remains to be seen
0: yeah that's very interesting insight and and a good way of putting it into layman's terms because i actually agree i think that the traditional sports league model isn't really applicable necessarily with esports so it is sort of an open playbook i guess and we'll see how the winners and losers shake out although i don't really think there will be many losers with how much money is is being made here um With video game makers, do you think generally they are now tailoring their games and their experience to hopefully attract more streamers and potentially a bigger play into the competitive gaming side as opposed to just making a game that is going to be campaign-focused, adventure-focused, single-player?
1: Well, there are lots of genres, uh, and I don't think any of them are going away, and many of them will be profitable. That said... I think the focus on eSports competitive is growing uh, designing games that are made specifically for that and there's a one of the things as a developer that's that's hard and this again goes you know to the traditional sports you need a game that's going to be fun for players who don't have the skills that the professionals have, but you also need a game that will be able to differentiate the players who are at the top of their game. Uh, And so one of the the design problems is I can create a game that's really great for the pros who practice, but isn't much fun to play by the average person. And so how can I address both those audiences? Because just like in traditional sports, one of the big reasons people watch eSports is they want to improve their own game. They say, hey, I love this game. I love to play it. I want to see how the good the good people play and aspire to be that. You know, we can't all be Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan. Of course, I just dated That's myself right. there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's also very interesting. And I wanted to also look towards the future a little bit here. I actually saw today um, these entrepreneurs who are with a company called Ven raised $17 million to start a TV network uh, that they think is is sorely needed. And you know one of the quotes that they said was you know, video games in general are a $150 billion dollar Industry annually, and there's not a TV network really dedicated to it, which is surprising considering you have Food Network, Discovery Channel, you have every sort of niche has their own TV network, right? But not e-sport or not video games. Um, so, do you think? I guess how big of a development do you think that is in general, and and sort of what is maybe just the next step for esports?
1: Well, I'd have to know more about their specific business plan. I think there has been there was a video game network on TV called G4 Mm -hmm. which actually had pretty good content Mm -hmm. but failed ultimately because I think gamers really you know I think about in my family I'm not sure we know what TV is other than it's the screen in the living room (laughs) right Uh, you know as a business model where you know there's shows on at certain times or uh, you know we are much more accustomed to uh, a streaming model be that Netflix or Twitch. Mm -hmm. And so I think gamers are more online than they are in any of the, like you would see on a cable TV outlet. Um, And I don't think they're going to move. And so maybe that is their play. Um, And the great thing about streaming content, right, again, there is, while it is uh, a technically sophisticated infrastructure, it is more of a commodity nowadays to set up.
0: Yeah, and then lastly, I wanted to end with sort of an educational uh, side of things because I think this is still such a burgeoning industry. What would you say to a college student that hey, you know, says maybe I don't have the skills to be a professional esports player, but I want to be involved in that arena? What kind of careers do you think they are going to be seeking? Are there going to be uh, – Agents like you would see in Major League Baseball are there going to be similar roles uh, around esports that maybe other professional leagues see, or or generally what roles uh, would you advise someone to look into right now?
1: I believe there will be agents. I don't think there's enough money uh, yet to support an agent model over the players. Um, that said, jobs that exist today are esports management. Uh, just you know, here locally in Texas, in Arlington, we just built a huge esports arena, and there are a number of jobs that went along with that, managing the events, and you know that's you know everything from team management, which is a bit specialized, to things that really are you know look more traditionally right. I mean, you know we we need to sell tickets and. You know, have concessions and all the other pieces that go into any sort of venue with a sporting event. The other thing that I think people can look into is the actual development of games. Uh, because, as I've said, it's really only been within the last few years that we have games specifically tailored to esports. And I think there is uh, a fertile field to find new games and new types of games. So this is very interesting, this is a bit parenthetical. Um, You know, in traditional sports, we think about football and basketball and baseball and they're kind of perennial, you know, soccer. But one of the interesting things about eSports, and you even started this with your uh, introduction, that just in the last couple of years, we've had Fortnite and PUBG and Apex and Overwatch that are all games of a similar genre compete and so, esports traditionally uh, have had a shelf life of a few years, and so I think the the types of competitions will be more like the Olympics than they will be the NBA Finals, and that you will have a number of different games, and the games will rotate fairly frequently, and being able to stay on top of and manage that I think is uh, a valuable skill that could be. Well, there's probably a business model in there, too. There's a number of things.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a very interesting take. And I, I think it'll be uh, a place where many jobs are created, certainly. And uh, we'll leave it there. Gary, thanks so much for your time here. It's really interesting learning a little bit more about the business side of eSports. Um, there's definitely plenty of conversations to be had. Uh, you just alluded to the Arlington eSports arena. I know I could speak for days about what is going to be happening there and we'll see it firsthand because we're here in Dallas so um, I look forward to speaking to you again but thanks so much Gary that was really insightful it was good to
1: be here thanks for inviting me yeah
0: of course thank you